0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Seeking What They Sought. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Leiter, and I am excited to continue in our series Bad Explanations. Before we talk a little bit about that, I just want to take a moment to stop and thank everyone for all of the awesome feedback that we've gotten, uh, for all the text messages you guys have sent us, um, emails you've sent us, reviews you've left, and for those of you who have reached out to us in person and um, and talk to us. we we just really appreciate it, and we hope we can continue making content that you guys resonate with. So, again, if you we've said this before, but if you have any thoughts um, or things you want us to talk about or feedback, we would love to hear you guys. Um, we have an email address in the show notes. So if you would uh, check that out, um, you can shoot us an email and we read all of them. Um, or if you know us in person or have our contact info, send us a text message, we'd love to hear from you guys. We, uh, We really appreciate it. On today's episode, we take some time to talk about Ellen White, and we talk about how her writings have been used and misused over the years, and we attempt to settle on a healthy way to talk about her in the end. Um, But before we dive right into that, a quick disclaimer. This conversation was actually recorded a few months ago, and it was actually one of the first few topics we ever recorded as we were trying to find our training wheels. And as we're looking at this series, it seemed like a really good fit. So at any point, I'm just saying that to say, at any point while you're listening, and you're like, hmm, they haven't really mentioned bad explanations at all. that's actually the reason why. So um with all that said, thank you guys for listening. Let's dive right into our conversation about Ellen White. Welcome to the Opinion Zone, the zone where chaos rules and opinions are king. Keep in mind, everything that is about to be said is only the opinion of those who are speaking and not reflective of the evidence church. <laughs> Good disclaimer there at the end. <laughs> I, I feel like uh,
1: you belong in the field of speaking at the end of all those commercials on the radio all and it the, like goes like, through a whole paragraph in like three effect. seconds.
0: Yeah. All, all the side effects <laughs> <don't> include death. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So
2: first opinion of the day. Anthony, I know this has been a, a point of contention between you and mm. I for really the entirety of our friendship, um, oh, but no. it's uh, it's the pronunciation of LOL, right?
0: Oh, no. So, oh, like,
2: that no. became, remember when that became popular back when yep. we were teens? And yeah. uh, and I've always pronounced it um, LOL, like the
0: incorrect LOL, way. right? How do you pronounce yeah. it? See, the correct way, and everyone knows this is the correct way to say this word, but it is pronounced LOL. It is not. Like, this is straight up wrong. <laughs> this I, if is it was in the dictionary,
2: left. it would be lol. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you have to be the tiebreak between us.
1: Yeah, Sean, what's your opinion? You're both wrong. <laughs> no one says that like it's a full word because it's not a full word. Do, what, do I you I say LOL? No, 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 no. Just listen. Listen. <laughs> it's an acronym. Name any other acronym where you consistently say it by its full word. ASAP. As a usage I hate you. Guys. Yeah, it, it, ASAP is definitely one. No, but that's say. true.
2: They're very limited. It's <laughs> that's, GIF that's true. Or GIF. Which one is it? it
1: GIF. Oh, it's GIF. It's, it's definitely, definitely
2: GIF. GIF. Yeah, it's definitely GIF. It's the fa- like GIF. the man who made it says it's GIF, but it's I don't wrong. believe him. He's, he's, wrong. Wrong. he's wrong.
0: He's wrong. Yeah. He's definitely wrong. <laughs> okay,
2: so so guys, there was this uh, I to get serious a little bit. There right. was a story um that happened to me and I was sitting in one of my church members' houses visiting with and a uh, younger lady, probably in her 30s. And she goes uh, and tells me, yeah, so someone, someone said this to me. So we had an Adam, right? We had Adam mm-hmm. who, who sinned and fell. You know, there's a tree of life. And apparently this person told her that, yeah, so there's like a bunch of other planets and they all have their own tree of life and they have their own Adams, you know, and those Adams didn't fall. And they make up the 24 elders that you see in the book of Revelation mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, what am I listening to? <laughs> like, like, where in the yeah. world did this come from? Because it's definitely not in the Bible. <laughs> like, right? And, and and so I guess this person expressed to her that, yeah, oh yeah, I think Ellen White talks about it and stuff, which is really random because, like, I haven't found that yet. Mm-hmm. But but it also kind of brings up like a really good point, where it's like, I don't know, people just like say things about what Ellen White said. Mm -hmm. you know, whether they're true or not. But like a lot of the times people just talk about Ellen White and say, oh yeah, she said this. And then it's like, well, what do we do with that?
0: Yeah, it it like, it creates a really interesting thing for Adventists because when you're, I know for me, when I've been interacting with non-Adventist Christians of mine and we're having a discussion about the Bible, I'll go to like say something or like mention, you know, a part of the biblical story. And then I realize, oh, this is actually in the Great Controversy. Like this isn't (laughs) actually in the Bible. And if I say it, they're going to be like, wait, what? Like, is, is that a movie you watched? Like, like where where is that in the Bible? Well, like, and haven't you yeah. had that
2: with, like, some of your youth, too?
0: Yeah, yeah. In conversations with some of the youth or, like, Bible studies, they'll, like, mention things and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, isn't, you know, doesn't this happen or whatever? And I'll be like, oh, that's really interesting. Where did you get that information? Um, You know, like, they'll say, like, oh, yeah, like, the serpent is definitely Satan. And I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, let's read the story. And we read the mm-hmm. story, and they're like, oh, it's never really, like, it does never says that the serpent is is the devil. It's a possibility, uh, but yeah, it's
2: not actually stated yeah, that way. It's yeah. a
0: possibility, but it's not like you know, like stated for sure, right? So it it sort of leaves it ambiguous. But they're like a hundred percent sure, and I'll be like, oh, that's that's really interesting. So and and there's other moments like that where you know they 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 think something happened. We'll go to that part of the Bible, and then it's not there, and they're like, I don't even know where I got this information from so it's 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 definitely an interesting thing for better or for worse it's it's definitely a thing that to 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 observe within Adventism for sure, yeah,
1: yeah and I think it's it's important too, like you look at it it's it's not you you're not saying specifically, oh no, that's wrong, right it's do you know the bridge that got you to that assumption or that belief? yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of times what can happen in Adventism is we have so many understandings of scripture and interpretations of scripture that are sometimes very unique, if not exclusively unique to Adventism. Mm. And what happens is sometimes, I think when we look at over the period of 175 years, what happens is we keep the same teaching or the the interpretation. Mm. But remember, those people spent um, many years deep into scripture and they it led them to those understandings. Whereas some of us, it's like we read through the Bible and we didn't come from that same perspective mm-hmm. or or the way that those certain uh, areas of belief came about.
2: But what you're, but I think, because yeah, you're right. Like they came to all this stuff, but then with Ellen White, you know, she says a bunch of stuff that Mm -hmm. um, it just isn't in the Bible. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, but like, for instance, if you read through the desire of ages, she writes a lot about Jesus, Jesus's teenage years. And Mm -hmm. we don't know anything about that other than the story of his, when he was 12 years old in the temple. You know, that's yeah. all we know, and she expands on it greatly, which is really intriguing and interesting to read. But what what I find interesting is that, like, especially when I was a kid, that kind of stuff would just get thrown into a sermon, yeah. as though yeah, it was viable information for us to. to it was it was uh, in essence kind of spoken as a truth. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. So I think that I get what you're saying about the confusion of like, oh, that's a really important lesson to remember from the Bible. And yeah. and I think the the danger that can create is then when we look for that story, it can be it can create confusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like in sure. uh, you know, I lead out a, in a Bible study uh, group for my church, and we've been doing that for the last two or so years, mm-hmm. and it's been really good. In fact, uh, for a lot of the members, it was their first time reading through chronologically from Genesis to Revelation, going through just the whole narrative. Yeah, and it was great. We learned a ton of stuff. And how was, was, how was Leviticus? Was, I mean, actually, right. because right. of and a little shout out to the Bible Project with. Uh, Tim Mackey, I mean, they do a great job of putting together those illustrations online. Yeah, if true. you haven't checked them out, please do so, so because good. they're awesome. They're not Adventists, but just from a basic biblical viewpoint, mm-hmm. there's not really a lot of stuff. areas of, of like conflict within Adventism. I think it's just a beautiful way of looking at the scripture. And a quick plug. My, my answer to you, Jesse, is Leviticus was awesome for us because we had that. For most people, it was their first time reading through Leviticus wow. yeah. and actually seeing that narrative from all of the um, books, Genesis through Deuteronomy, looking at how we see the change in mindset and what God was trying to do with the Israelites. Mm -hmm. And Leviticus is an important part of that. And so it really deepened our understanding of the, like the law about what God was actually trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. with it. Even the crazy little, you know, crazy Levitical laws out of those 613, there are some weird ones in there, but you can
0: see cloth in your shirt. Yeah,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's really interesting. But it's it's, but but we were talking. Sorry, I distracted
2: you there. We were talking about the uh, like, like you were talking about this Bible study group and with Ellen White and stuff.
1: Oh yeah. Anyways, I mean, I was just saying that um, as we went through the Bible, like there were there were certain points where, like, man, when I think about the narrative that I remember growing up with, there were times like they especially would note like during like younger years, either in early teen or youth, or at some point Mm -hmm. they remember studying a certain story and i can, again i can't pinpoint them but maybe some of you are listening you can think of like a story in your mind of of something in the great controversy story or or something that ellen white adds to um our understanding from a uh, from a bible story it's not like she just completely pulls a story out of nowhere right, yeah. she bases it on a scripture but then she'll expound upon it she'll yeah. she'll she'll add to it yeah. right um but that that was kind of like where is this where can i find That story, and it's like, well, the original story, the 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 grounded story is here Mm -hmm. in the Bible, but like some of those facts and information, like that's not explicitly stated in the Bible. Yeah.
2: Well, and that that creates a weird thing because as Adventists, um, we're one of the few denominations that doesn't just primarily pull from Scripture. Yeah. You know, like okay, so our, our official denominational standpoint is yes, we're only from Scripture. But then we have like this random other thing that we have to work with, which is Ellen White. And I, I just want to say, I love Ellen White. I think she's got incredible writings. I, you know, she's, she's got some really good stuff. But, but it does create a dilemma for us where it's like, well, what do we do with this? Because, yeah. I mean, like, you know, unless you're Mormon and you're dealing with a Joseph Bates situation, or not Joseph Bates. Uh, what's his name? Uh, you really
0: aren't Adventist. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, I'm
2: degrading just the Adventist name. It proved how Joseph ad- wrong, Smith. wrong
1: founder. Wrong founder. <laughs> wrong founder. Bates, <laughs> Bates is on our side. What okay? if they were
2: the same person? Oh gosh. Okay. That, anyways,
1: now we're suddenly doing conspiracy theories.
2: Going to be Alex Jones. Um, okay, so uh, <laughs> no, unless unless we're the Mormons with like a Joseph Smith situation. Yeah. We have. We're one of the few denominations that has someone that we look at um as well as scripture you know maybe not at the same level but as well and it creates this weird dilemma of well what do we do with her you know like is you know i don't
0: know what do we do with the Evanist folklore as i like to call it uh you know like all the extra extra biblical stuff and yeah a question that like i have is does extra biblical necessarily mean non-biblical like yeah, that's like, a good question. Like is just because it's extra biblical doesn't mean that it's non-biblical? I don't know. I, I don't know if I don't really know the answer. Well, I think,
2: I think, I think that inherently the question has to be, um, or the, sorry, the answer has to be it's not biblical. If it's extra biblical, it's not biblical. Mm. That doesn't mean that it's not a viable possibility mm-hmm. or something that's really intriguing or something that can enhance your understanding or faith in Scripture. Mm. But like it's inherently not biblical, and I, I think one of the things that I, I'm bringing up in this conversation is just like it seems like the way we've treated Ellen White has been a little bit um, dangerous, mm. I and mean, you could say that about a lot of this, the ways that she's treated. But just in the way that she's kind of just put into sermons, or like you know, you watch an Amazing Facts, you know, yeah. uh, sermon, and and she'll just be in there. And it's not really stated as though she is different than scripture, Mm -hmm. you know, which is, I don't know. I I feel like that's not exactly the best thing for us to be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think we have to examine again, it's not always the content of what she said, but how that content was used. Now I don't have a problem with us doing, I mean, I would love actually personally to do a Bible study that involves some sort of plan that puts side by side the content Mm -hmm. of, Ellen White's spirit of prophecy like as I was going through the gospel stories that's the the desire of ages and I wouldn't mind like just reading what she has to say as we go through that and just to compare and like go through does this complement mm-hmm. it does it you know does it add to my understanding and richness? does it guide me back to the Bible because yeah. her position was always she would never Ellen would never say, you know, put me above the Bible she would never say um mm-hmm. this is um you know, something that you should p- replace the mm-hmm. Bible with when it comes to understanding Jesus or the gospels, she always said, this should put, this should put you back mm. there. This should bring you to the Bible. Um, and she would even go as far to say that if we read our Bibles carefully and, and passionately enough, she would not be needed mm. at all. Like her writings would be completely, um, unneeded if we simply just read the mm. Bible. That was so, her position. So then,
2: well, if that's her position yeah, and if we're reading the Bible better, you know, then why is she used all the time? But and I'm not trying to say that in like a like a oh, I hate Ellen White. Like I said before, I really do love a lot of the stuff that she's written, especially the Desire of Ages, it's really beautiful. Yeah. But like, you know, if that's her position, then why is she in sermons? You know, like why are we utilizing her as though, you know, she's right up there? You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I, I think what you something you said, Sean, sparked in my mind, and it's to sort of bounce off what you the question you just asked, Jesse, um, is like how exactly, like, the, the the disparity between the author's intent or the person's intent and how her content is used, like, like mm. what matters more? What matters? You know, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Maybe that's confusing. Yeah. You know, like. No, it, it's that's like, good question. Like, but, if her intent is a certain way, but her content is used in a certain way, isn't how her content has been okay. used? Isn't that felt more yeah. by people? Right. So. Yeah. So so what so what matters more? Right. Like, and, and what's the bigger risk is the bigger risk to, you know, err on the side of using more of her content, but then, you know, that being used in a way that, um, you know, like where, where, where people have this confusion that we're talking about, um, even though her tent was not that right. I I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm not making sense.
2: I think, I think that all three of us would agree that like, she's got really good stuff, you know? and of yeah, course definitely. there's a disparity between her older stuff and her newer like her later stuff all that stuff but like she's got some really good writing so i don't think any of us are disparaging ellen white definitely. i think i think we're talking about the way she's been used so i think it's i think it's important that you make that distinction mm-hmm. what you just said anthony that it's almost more important with how she's used just like scripture right it, you know scripture like i can say a verse to somebody mm-hmm. that means Th- this one very specific thing and someone else can use it in a very different way and it's not scripture That's the problem. It's how it's been used yeah. And so I think it kind of like I think it it really forces us to say Well, what do we do or how do we look at ellen white and, and I don't know if this is bad to say yeah. but like I don't I don't know if I care <laughs> about ellen white very yeah, much yeah. And, and not not because I don't really like love her writings but like I don't know, it's just been made such a big deal yeah. of over the course of Adventist history. And I'm like, if she's just, you know, here's my philosophical question, maybe, is if she says she's speaking of scripture, mm-hmm. and that scripture is what we're supposed to be reading,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right, then, like, I don't really care at a higher level, you know, about about what she writes. I care about scripture, yeah. you know, and, and like, if, if if her writings are great, that's great, but, like, I don't know. Maybe that's bad to say. No, but right, I mean, but
0: like, what you're saying is, it's, I mean, ironically, or maybe not, maybe I'm using the word ironically wrong, but it's, it's in line with the title of this podcast. <laughs> that would be ironic. <laughs> that would be ironic. That's amazing. Um, no, but it's in line with the title of this podcast, right? Because of what she wanted yeah. was for people oh. to follow, like read scripture for themselves, follow scripture, yeah. to, to come to know and follow Jesus from scripture, then wouldn't be the most faithful thing to immerse ourselves in scripture and to not need her isn't that that's sort of weird that's sort of a weird is that a paradox it's a weird paradox yeah maybe i'm using both paradox and and irony wrong wrong.
1: (laughs) right but you got to think about it in the ideal sense of the word uh, or the concept too like and she was speaking ideally like ideally you wouldn't Mm. need me yeah but like you could use that throughout history and say there were reformers of christianity that you could say i shouldn't be needed Mm. yeah I shouldn't have to stop and say that, um, righteousness is through faith, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that shouldn't have had to be needed if they were simply studying Mm -hmm. the Bible. And, and part of that was like, you know, you look at Martin Luther, like he was calling out the fact that those leaders were using the Bible in a corrupt way. They were limiting access Mm -hmm. to who could read it. I mean, it really came down to who was reading the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, um, Adventism was born out of a desire to read the Bible carefully, It was born out of many different denominations. Um, Those from the Millerite movement, the Christian connection, Mm -hmm. Methodists, um, you know, people that were coming together saying, we just want to read Mm -hmm. the Bible and figure out and understand what it says. And there's actually a pretty important distinction when you look, because we're going back to what happened then. Let's just look back. You have to know that back then they were just as skeptical of just using Ellen Mm -hmm. White's visions and what she Mm -hmm. had to say. Yeah, They were very skeptical. Like we sometimes think like, oh, that was the second great awakening. Everyone was emotional and yeah. fanatical about beliefs and everything like that. Ellen White knew that, number one. And it was one of the reasons why she didn't want to be called a prophet. She didn't prefer mm-hmm. that term. She was okay if people call her that, but she was she knew how it was being used mm-hmm. at the time. And so she liked the idea of messenger of God, which, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, but she knew mm-hmm. what was going on. So she herself was careful of that. Um, people like the founder of Adventism was mm-hmm. Joseph Bates. He was super skeptical. Like at first he was like, you know what? I don't know if this is right. Like it's, it's confusing. Like it took some moments uh, where it became clear that to him, that she was of God and that her visions could be beneficial Mm -hmm. to the church Yeah, and it could be good, but it wasn't rooted in like, she came up with these crazy truths and like, Oh, let's, let's, let's make a religion out of that. Yeah. You know? Well, I remember Um, reading
2: like in George Knight's book about Adventist history, he was just saying that m- most of her visions and all that stuff were were more confirmation of belief rather than, yeah. than like building belief out of those visions. No, yeah.
1: She didn't create them. She didn't create beliefs. Absolutely. She didn't create beliefs out of mm-hmm. her visions. All all the time when you see it, those truths had been coming to that church from 1844 to basically 1850. There was a mm-hmm. six-year period. Yeah. You see where that deep study was happening and then around 1850, you see Ellen White kind of conclude, like, now we have a better picture mm. of the truth mm. um, after that six-year period. But that process went, Adventist, uh believers, they started studying carefully, found some light and truth, and we can look at this. Okay. And then we would see it separately confirmed through the visions of Ellen White. Yeah, And it wasn't like, and again, if you look at the way it was done, it wasn't like she was like oh yeah, that sounds nice. Let me have a vision, you know, and, and make it sound like, oh, I like that. So let me use my authority in a way that would abuse my power. Like when you look at the history, that's not going on. There's no evidence of her trying to abuse her power. There's no goal of that. And when you look at her, like she's not trying to glorify herself. So what goal or what purpose would she have in doing that? If she's constantly saying, look, don't, yeah. If you're gonna just use me, it's a waste of time. You need to point this is
0: pointing to the right. Bible. Yeah. This well, is confirming what right. the Bible says. Well I think it's in
1: yeah, go no, for yeah, it.
0: Yeah, shamelessly interrupt. Um well I I feel like what we're talking about like- you know, and by the way, Sean, you're a scholar and I'll never be like you. So I appreciate your your wisdom. <laughs> Not so smart, man. It's the beard. Um I, I feel like what, what we're hitting on and what we're touching on, everything that we're saying, you know, like what, what we're talking about is something that I think is felt by a lot of people, like especially our age group, especially, you know, millennials yeah. and younger, maybe a little bit older. You know, I, I don't like to use that term because I feel like, like, you know, my younger siblings aren't necessarily millennials, but, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's broad. But like, you know, I feel like it, it, what a lot, it's hitting on something a lot, a lot of people are feeling, which is what do I even do with Ellen White? Like, 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 mm-hmm. what do I do? What do I do with her? What do I do with her writings, especially for um, for those of us who maybe haven't who maybe aren't scholars, like who haven't spent, you know, hours upon hours reading all of her books, you know, exploring into the history. And if if we as pastors and teachers in the Adventist church feel a little bit of this dissonance, even us, you know, affirming we believe in Ellen White, we love a lot of the things Ellen White says. Um, we believe that she had a prophetic gift. Um, You know, even us who who admit those things and confess those things, even we feel this dissonance. You know, how do I I talk about her in a way that doesn't make me sound like I'm part of a cult? You know, like, I I feel like a lot of people feel, I I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think?
2: I feel like Ellen White had a prophetic gift in the sense that, like, she was, you know, she was having visions and stuff, which is not something that I have on a regular basis. If on a regular basis, you, you haven't held up, you you haven't held never up a them.
1: 20 pound book for two hours without, without breathing, <laughs> no, without I have breathing. Not. I have in Bible class, but not no. in two hours.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She had a gift that, that the rest of us have maybe have not had, but I, I don't know. I it, We have in essence placed her on, on this pedestal that I don't know. I don't think she, she ever wanted or i don't think any uh, that th- any person is meant to have within the context of i mean based on what sean just said and, and so definitely didn't want no and, and so and, as a result like when i look at her prophetic gift i think well that's an amazing gift but like i mean maybe this is heresy but it's like i believe that we should treat her at the same level as most other writers um that are at least b- biblically sound maybe that's a maybe that's a, a crazy opinion mm. to hold but um But I I, maybe and maybe it's a reaction of just seeing so much destruction that has been a result of people abusing her writings. But like when I look at her and maybe that's why I say I don't really care Mm -hmm. about the 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 bigger argument of, you know, Ellen White or what do we do with her? Like, I don't really care to a certain degree because it's just like, you know, leaving her as like a human who happens to write is just way, I don't know, way more simple.
0: (laughs) It feels at the very least, it feels more healthy. And to go into the opposite yeah. extreme. And maybe that's what some of us have done. We've sort of like minimized, minimized, minimized in reaction to yeah, maybe, yeah, it's like a our, our, maybe our parents and older generations emphasizing. And so we've sort of reacted in the, in the opposite direction, right? And we've sort of like, you know, yeah. if, if I just don't even think about her and I just focus on the Bible, I don't even worry. I don't even like investigate for myself, but I at least maybe I'm speaking for myself right now. Maybe my true heart is coming out. Um, part of <laughs> something I think I've done in my life is sort of put her on the back burner and put her to the side and said, yeah, I believe in Ellen White. I believe she had a prophetic gift, um, but I'm just not going to worry about her or read her ever or talk about her a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to like leave it alone. And so far in my life and my pastoral career, it's been okay. I mean, I wonder if I, if, I had, if I had engaged and if I do engage a little bit more, then I could get something beautiful. I don't know. Sean, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I think we do tend to, and this is just humanity, it's not even just an Adventist thing, when we we tend to swing from one pendulum extreme side to the other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like, you know, yeah. uh, all Ellen White versus nothing, right? Yeah. You know, like everything is about Ellen White versus nothing. And I think I'm, I'm at the point in my life where I was kind of part of that, where I just like, I don't really care. Like Jesse, just to be honest, like I was most of my life just kind of, I don't really care. Like, I don't really want to
0: mm-hmm.
1: read her. I don't know. I just didn't have that desire or that curiosity. I would say now what it's come down to, for me at least, is I. if I want to form an opinion about her, if I really want to look at mm-hmm. how people have treated her in the past, for me to feel comfortable forming a full opinion, I want to be able to have read, at least say, like, I've read through her stuff on my own and, and think about it mm-hmm. carefully in con- in context of scripture. And so I've heard yeah. people preach about beautiful... Things of how she connects to the scriptures. And it's like, that's great, but maybe I just need to read that and see what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think that's what it comes down to is, um, am I reading her for myself just to get that opinion Mm -hmm. and that understanding of of where she lies in in our church history and her importance and what her level should be?
2: Mm. But I think it's, you bring up a really interesting thing there, Sean, because you said, you know, am I reading it for myself? But should the average Mm -hmm. Adventist you know be doing that like is it is it worth it I think is kind of a bigger question is because I mean like I said I like Ellen white I think she's got a lot of really good stuff I feel like I need to keep saying that because I feel like I'm being a heretic a little bit but like but I think I think what I'm saying is but <laughs> I think what I'm saying is you know we say oh you know you should read it for yourself but it's like is that really something the average Adventist needs to do in order to be Adventist you know, can I be Adventist based on wow. Scripture yeah. alone?
0: That's, I think that's a huge question, and I resonate with that question. And I think in my conversation with other people our age, um, who are maybe a little on the fringes of Adventism, who feel either burnt out or like, ah, like I could just go to another church and find a loving community. Um, I think that's how yeah. they feel too. Is do like, like can I still be an Adventist based just on the Bible? I think that's a huge question, um, and I yeah. wonder. I wonder if, and I'm naturally a little more critical and and angsty, but I I wonder if uh, our historic emphasis on the writings of Ellen White has led to biblical non-literacy. Is that a word? Non-liter. Yeah, no. That's. I think it's a like, really good. Like where I, to I ask. wonder that. Like like, do we really know our Bibles? Do we know the story of the Bible? And can I can I remain Adventist and be a faithful Adventist just from the text, just from the scriptures alone? Yeah, I don't know. Well yeah, adventism wouldn't exist without people
1: specifically reading the scriptures alone. Hmm. So the answer is yes. But now you have to think about what That's yeah, wow. That's that really true. true. An- yeah. That is, The answer really is true. yes. But then what is your application of that yes? You need to cuz there's a careful I this is where my mind goes, okay? Yeah. Like when you say that, and maybe this is just the Adventist in me, yeah. like there rises a little anxiety and let me yeah, yeah, yeah. be straightforward, what I think that anxiety is 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 the conclusion then that i should completely throw out her writings yeah. as as yeah. in any way being a guiding light to understanding scripture better so mm-hmm. can i understand scripture and read through it and really through the guidance of the holy spirit and the holy spirit alone Ooh. come to truth
0: yeah that's a good question
1: of what i need to yeah. know cuz even then like should i read the scripture on my own technically no like i should have the guiding of the spirit right like if sure, we're talking yeah. about opening the scriptures we believe in inspiration mm-hmm understanding those inspired yeah. authors, we need inspiration ourselves, I, I think, mm-hmm. um, from what I understand. And so what I'm trying to say is, if I believe in, in a certain way that Ellen White was inspired by God and for a certain time and place was creating a refocus on the Bible and what we should be focusing on and how we apply it to our lives, there is value there. And there are things that we should still look for and seek in her, not to replace the Bible, if it's keeping me from reading the Bible, then yes, there is a problem. There's an imbalance in my life. What is the ideal mm-hmm. sense and what I think the official Adventist church stands for is that it should guide us to scripture. It, it should move us towards scripture. Has that always been our practice? I don't think so. Mm. I think there have been practical times yeah. when the humanity's gotten the best of our church and where we've used it in place of, or we it's gotten, it's become a distraction mm. where we have our generation, where we talk about Ellen White, sometimes in a negative way, mm-hmm. But our our negativity is not from her writings. Mm. It is from the way that it's been applied to us. And that's a very different thing, I think. I think the way that it's been applied to us isn't always um, the way that Ellen White would have wanted it to be. And it's not always the way that originally Adventism was born out of, what the purpose of Adventism was.
2: what's, What's funny, though, Sean, is I totally agree with you. I think that the practices that have been applied as a result or the ways that Advent, that admins have applied Ellen White or used Ellen White or whatever, have been really harmful in, in a lot of circumstances, not in every, but in a lot of circumstances. And what's funny is I think for myself, I came to a place where it was just kind of like, hey, I I think I can have a healthy, balanced view of who she yeah. is. You know, she wasn't perfect, but she was, you know, she's obviously someone who who loved God very much and had a prophetic gift, all this stuff. But then what's funny <laughs> for me is like the, the end result of that it's just not really caring about the argument. What do you mean by that? You know, in, in essence like not really caring about talking about it all the time. Like of course I'm talking about it right now because it feels like so many other people yeah. care about it. Um, but it's like I don't really think about it on a day to day basis for myself. I'm not just sitting there like, Man, I really gotta figure out how to put Ellen White in a sermon or how to not put her in yeah. a sermon or 'cause I happen to be in a context where where the church doesn't really care either. And so it's like, you know, is it really a, a thing that's why i asked earlier is it really something that adventists need to be reading on a daily basis or for themselves at least you know is it something is, is ellen white's writings important enough in the grand scheme of this world mm-hmm. and of our our denomination as a just in a in, in small little area of this world is it really important enough for us yeah to be reading for ourselves all the time?
0: Or, I mean, are we better served just utilizing
2: the Bible? And, and, <laughs> I mean, and I
0: feel like a question to add to that is, am I not a true Adventist if I never dig into the writings of Ellen White and I never use her in an evangelistic way or or I never, you know, like, or I, I, I never, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: Well, yeah, What would, what would happen if I just said, hey, I don't even think about Ellen White. Would I still yeah. be Adventist? Would I still like, be I, I wonder
0: Adventist that. if I just stuck to the scriptures?
1: Yes.
2: But, at, at now in time. Because yeah. I remember, Sean, you said that like back in, you know, when it started, absolutely. But today. Now, I think it's more of a...
1: Right, right. Yeah. I understand what mm-hmm. you're saying. But again, remember the quote that I talked about, that Ellen White, um, at least I think I mentioned this, is that Ellen White um, said that, really, you would not need me or my writings right. if you simply read
0: close enough with the scripture. So wait, I'm going to interrupt you. So with that quote, what do we do with that? Do, which, in which direction do we move? Do we move towards me, yeah. reading her more, or do we say, yes, so because you said that, I'm going to move towards the Bible?
1: Look, it yeah. depends on your reaction. I think, for me, it affirms more of her about how she was always pointing to the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm affirmed to that. I'm not really, at this point, from what I've read from her, I'm not fearful of her trying to supersede the mm-hmm. Bible or having yeah. a hidden agenda or motive mm-hmm. for that. And a lot of times, people look outside the church, and they look at Ellen White and say, oh, she had the secret hidden agenda Mm -hmm. of creating and spouting these lies to grow her movement and stuff like that. And I just don't see Mm -hmm. that. I don't see that agenda anywhere from from anything she's read or anything that has been known about those that were around Mm -hmm. her during this time. There's just no evidence of that. And so why I think that's important too, is what that leads me to do is say, well, let me see what she's trying to say, because that doesn't mean that I immediately throw out all of my conflict of the ages series and and burn them. (laughs) Because here's the thing, we still have different denominations. That's the reality. Yeah. There are different ways yeah. we interpret the scriptures, what we pull out of scripture. You, you look at the word hermeneutics, it's a big scholarly yeah. Smart word, people word for just how we how do we interpret a passage or how do we look at a concept and, and know what it's actually trying to say? What was the author's intent mm. in, in the Bible? Yeah. And I think in the best case and the best scenario is where I can look at Ellen White and I say can I read some of this alongside as I'm going through the Bible and will it aid me in just keeping my mind focused and see what like the main narrative is about here, what this story is Mm. about. And I think in, in the ideal sense that should be what Ellen White is used for is to help guide me and deepen my understanding of the Bible. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a separate thing where it's like, Oh, this is completely separate from the Bible. And I'm just, you know, on this whole different Mm -hmm. track of, I don't know.
2: But here's my question, though, then, Sean, because I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing, but I'm really curious about your answer to this question. So let's say I, as the pastor of North Hill Adventist Fellowship, someone walks into my church and, uh, you know, as a new believer, doesn't really know anything about Christianity, about Jesus, about Seventh Adventism at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And if I bring them through Scripture to the point of, of being a mature Christian and never talk about Ellen White you know, would they be Adventists? I, I, I think I think maybe I have an answer for that. But like, I'm really curious about like, would they be Adventists if they didn't know anything about her? And I mean, is she that in, in, embedded into the identity of, of our church? Question. Yeah. You know, or, or what?
1: Again, I see it this way. It's like you're, you know, where the island of truth is, I'm trying to use a metaphor and you're in yeah. a stormy ocean and you're, you're on the ship and you're trying to, you know how the to get there. Truth. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but then, but then someone else is also trying to get there. And it's like, you've, you've got, you know, that there's certain areas where they could be led astray and they could use, you know, say that the Bible is our compass. It's our way of knowing where mm. we're going. And yeah. we look at it that way and we say, yeah, that's our tool for staying on, you know, the old avenus concept of straight and narrow, straight the and straight and narrow, narrow yeah. path. Mm. But, w- but we, we see that the Bible is doing that if there's something that can help me stay focused in knowing how to use that compass, say, I have no idea what it means. I don't know the difference between North and South. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And there's something that could help me understand. And there could be a teacher that shows me, this is how you need to properly use this to get where you right. need to go. Your your true yeah. North, you know, understanding that idea. If there was something that could do that. Absolutely. If I'm not knowledgeable on you those things, use it. the Bible, I, I, need, I think it's important. We admit the Bible is not a children's book. Yeah. Okay, You understand what I mean by that? It is complicated. There's so much um, cultural references that we need to understand. We need yeah. to know the context yeah. of the history. There's a reason there's so many different viewpoints and interpretations of even one verse in the yeah. Bible. Mm-hmm. And so again, your understanding of scripture, if you're leading them through in a way that you're bringing the biblical truth, at least it is our belief in the Adventist church, mm-hmm. that those are the, it's the most accurate interpretation of scripture mm-hmm. of the Bible then yes, they're going to be Adventist, and no, you don't have to specifically quote Ellen White to get there. But yeah. again, what I'm trying to say is she can be a help and a guide for understanding what the scriptures are trying to say. The problem that was just
2: that was just a really long way of agreement.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I was trying to explain. My, I was trying to explain my reasoning. <laughs> no, I guess <laughs> this just confirms uh,
0: that how much we need Sean with our. You know, there's we have two heretics and one true believer. Sean's, Sean's is the balance.
2: No and and I think but Sean cuz I agree with you like if if she is a help to that if you know if but but I think I think that the hard thing for me is that in many circles like if someone didn't know about Ellen White it'd be like how are you Adventist you know how are you someone who believes in the yeah. things that we believe which is I think not the way it should be And so, I I feel yeah. like
0: Sean the the metaphor you used or the analogy you know I get words mixed up metaphor and analogy paradox irony <laughs> <laughs> All wrong. I'm going to say metaphor. So the metaphor you used about the, you know, the, the, the compass and the ship, um, I feel like is interesting because when you, when you come into non-adventist Christian circles and you start to talk about, you know, like a guide or like, you know, something extra biblical that assists us, it's, oh, it, it's, yeah. you start to get into scary territory when you attach prophetic significance mm-hmm. to it. And I think that's, that's where we have, um, that's where we have created tension with, with other, you know, like families of Christianity because you know, like, for instance, we talked about the Bible Project earlier with, with Tim Mackey, who's a scholar. Um, you know, that's essentially what they're doing, right? They talk about how to read the Bible. They talk about, if you go to their podcast, this is all a free advertisement for the Bible Project because we're all fanboys. Um, <laughs> yep. If you go to their, their podcast, they talk about how to read the Bible. They talk about, you know, like, what is the law? They talk about holiness. They have a ton of topics. Um, and so they're like teachers and they're guiding you how to use the scriptures. But then as soon as, you know, one of them says, I'm a prophet, and I got this information from an angel that told me this. All of a sudden, it, be, it, yeah. it, it it becomes a different thing, and I think that's where we we have something unique within Adventism to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that
2: was really like that was a really good point to make. No big deal. Because <laughs> I think, yeah, you're you're a genius, Anthony. I'm so I'm so glad to I have do you. I too have a beard.
0: <laughs> we <laughs> all have beards.
2: Get out of here, uh, Sean. Just has the most that's impressive true. one. No, I think I think that's that's the hard part um, as we get into this. Is just like if she is claiming to be prophetic, right? Then it demands taking it as more than just yeah. some writer, right? Like some author who just had an opinion, you know? Because now there's a claim that this opinion yeah, is from it's God. Just helpful too,
0: advice. This came right? from God.
2: But I think the question that we have to to answer as we kind yeah. of probably should wrap up, is just like, well, then what do we what do we do in practice? What do our practices look like when right. we look at Ellen White and our and in, in the rest yeah. of our faith?
1: Yeah, I would say this. I think number one, it, I don't think making a blanket statement for all of Adventism, what we should exactly do at right. what given time like a perfect formula for you should read this much of the Bible and then read this part of Ellen White, and then you'll be okay with her and it won't be a conflict anymore. 70, 30, (laughs) right? It's just 70% Ellen White, 30%
2: Bible. You
1: you can't go that way. So like in my church, like we've gone through the Bible. um, We've gone through some questions personally about, you know, defending um, the Christian faith. Like we went through some Mm -hmm. apologetic studies of C.S. Lewis and Ravi Zacharias, some stuff that just deepening some of our understandings of those big Mm -hmm. questions. Right. And now we're going through, because there was that question, of, you know, what do mm-hmm. I do with Ellen White? And uh, the um, thing that people were admitting was like, I don't know if I've really read mm. a lot of her stuff. I've heard quotes and I've heard it in things like mm-hmm. we've all had that experience, but have I read her? And so mm-hmm. at least our church right now is at a point where it's like, yeah, let's read through. And we're going to start mm-hmm. with the desire of ages. We're going through, we're going to go through that. Um, but it's not to replace Bible study. Like we're going to be looking mm-hmm. at the Bible. We're going to be going through to see what she's saying and to understand why she says it. And we're going to dig deeper into it. And I think we're at a point, at least in our church, where that's going to be a healthy activity. That's something that people have mm-hmm. never done. And mm-hmm. so for us at our time, that's good. There may be other Adventist churches where that may not be the most beneficial mm-hmm. thing to do right now. Maybe you need to read through, just go through the Bible mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a in a simple way together and just mm-hmm. start there. Uh, maybe there's, you know, that's why Paul, when he's writing, there's tons of churches he addresses. There's certain things that right. they need to do or need to change or he affirms sometimes the positive things they're doing. So again, um, to make a blanket statement of, this is what everyone should do in Adventism to make sure we're not doing too much Ellen White or doing too little of her. Yeah, Yeah, like it doesn't work that way, but we need to understand again, the principle of that she should be a guiding light. We should use that as a tool and it can be used as a tool to understanding scripture better. And if it becomes Mm -hmm. anything else than that, then we need to Mm reevaluate what we're doing. Jesse, what do you, I see you stroking. Your
2: I, I'm going to be really honest with you. I have no idea. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to be really honest. Because I think for myself, I don't mind. I love, I, I enjoy reading her and, and I enjoy reading her writings and some really good stuff. Um, but practically, like, as sort of like principles for people to use. I mean, I think the only thing I could say is just like, you know, this is my personal opinion. Read her as though she is another writer who is shedding light on the scripture as, the, as someone else, as any other writer mm. is attempting to do that, that is the only, that's the principle I've come to. And I, I hope it's not out of a place mm. of overcorrecting if it, and the other, the other one thing I want to say is like, and if, if someone's coming to you with Ellen White said, you know, then I think the bigger question uh, for you at that point is how you react. Like, you know, is it like with like anger and frustration? Cause how dare you, or is it just with simply like, well, what does the Bible say? Um, and i think i mean if ellen white says that she you know we're supposed to go to the bible you know why don't we go to the bible <laughs> you know and so i don't know
1: yeah absolutely yeah. if i was to encourage someone that is just unsure of ellen white and all of this and maybe they've had a negative mm-hmm. connotation with her um again i just i would not shy away from encouraging you to read her i'm not fearful that you're going to find something that's going to just yeah. be disgusting <laughs> and awful you know <laughs> <Whoa>. uh, <laughs> like it's going to take away from your your um your closeness to God, your relationship with God. I think what it comes down to is, you know, you guys as pastors, as a, as a teacher, I think about those who are talking Mm -hmm. to and those who were guiding to scripture, like, you know, think about the ways that we're using her, Mm -hmm. if if at all, and think about when is the right time, when is maybe not the right time for that, and just kind of think about that carefully. And, and, you know, I'm not, I don't think Mm -hmm. you should be fearful of not using her enough um, I don't think that's really what she would want. She'd want us to be, you know, steep into the, steeped into the Bible, mm-hmm. just so focused on, on what we can learn from Scripture. Day in yeah, day I out. feel, Anthony. What's your oh, perspective?
0: Man, it's tough. It's it's tough. Um, I think I lean a little more, Jesse, to where you're at with it, with not really knowing, uh, um, the best, the best practice in this area. I feel like you guys know me uh, that I. It's hard to, for me to talk without sharing a story. Uh, so r- really quick. So I've I have another friend um who um I think he he has a certain way with words and a certain way with with speaking about the Bible that I think you could call it prophetic in the way Oh they... man, I really
2: appreciate you saying that about me.
0: Anthony. Yeah, his name is Jesse Churchill. He... <laughs> <laughs> uh this person is not Jesse. Um although Jesse is an excellent preacher. Um, I really appreciate that. But um he, he has a certain way of speaking um, speaking truth, which is what prophecy is, according to the biblical definition, is truth telling. It's truth speaking, speaking about God, and he has a way of um, of speaking in a prophetic manner that I think I would classify him as um, having some sort of a, a prophetic way of talking or a prophetic gift. Um, and from knowing him, I've, I think it's sort of shaped a lot of my view of Ellen White and how to interact with the way that she, in the the things that she writes, um, because he writes things and he d- talk has sermons and and stuff like that. Um, and I find a lot of the things he says helpful. And I don't think I've ever come across anything that he said as being non-biblical. Um, they're just all helpful, and they're encouraging, and they're inspiring. Um, and, but I, I I, remember at the end of the day that he's human. Mm-hmm. Um, and from conversations with him about his own personal life, I know he's human. And from knowing about Ellen White and her history and her life, you know, we know that she's human. And I think maybe that's... Maybe that's my takeaway. My principle is just remembering that everybody is human, and uh, putting putting anybody on a pedestal leads to just like toxicity and um, idolatry. In essence. Yeah, yeah, idolatry. Like when someone becomes an idol, um, it just leads to unhealth. And I think mm-hmm. using just using that principle, um, that I think that's how I go about talking and talking and interacting with Ellen White as I interact with with kids and other things in ministry is like yes. What, did she have a prophetic gift? Yes. Were some of the things that she said helpful? Most of the things, if not all the things, she said helpful and beautiful and inspiring. Um, yes. Um, but let's remember to not make anyone an idol, and um, remember that, that God is, is 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 King. So I don't know. No. That maybe that's where I'm at. Maybe that's not helpful or confusing. But no, that's good stuff. In my human, yeah, that was very eloquent. Oh, well, thank you. Much more eloquent than I, I ever will ever be. Well, my love language so. is words of affirmation. So, you're welcome. Please continue.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's always more things we could talk about, but you know, there's always another time and place. I'm sure we'll have other conversations about Ellen White Definitely. or some of her writings in some way, as it relates to the Adventist Church. And you know, our title is seeking seeking what they sought. I mean, the they yeah. part of that is Ellen She's White. She's one of them. Ellen White is part of that they.
0: right everyone thank you so much for taking the time to listen with us um we once again enjoy having honest conversations so um thank you so much for spending this time we will see you next time on seeking what they saw